Hey mothers and lovers, welcome to Hella Smart Mothers. I'm your host, Nicole Delahousse. I'm a boy mom, a wife, and attorney by day. I'm sure you're wondering, what is a Hella Smart Mother? A Hella Smart Mother is a mom who wants to be the best version of herself for herself and her family, but mostly for herself. If this is you, welcome to the mom squad you never knew you needed. Hella Smart Mothers starts now. Welcome to season two. I missed y'all. Um, yeah, so today we have a very hilarious episode with two of my favorite humans on the planet, Shakira Gavati and Heather Choi, who happen to be arch nemesis, and you will see how that plays out during the episode. Uh, but uh, we're going to discuss the decision that their families made for their husbands to stay home with their children and how their families would suffer if that wasn't their setup. Um, the mothers are also going to offer up three tips for successfully maintaining their family dynamics, and we will answer listener question about whether life balance can happen or if it's all just a myth. We'll get it in with Shakira and Heather after the break. Hey, mothers and lovers. Welcome to another episode of Hella Smart Mothers. Uh, today, we have two of my favorite people in the world, Shakira Gavazzi, not to be confused with Shakira. <laughs> uh, Shakira is a, a former big law attorney turned in-house counsel for a Fortune 100 company. She is the mother of two nine-year-old twins and fur baby Moncio. I can't stand a dog, but she love him. Whatever. Uh, she is married. His name is Moncho. Moncho Moncio. That's Mint how you salami, say it. Pepperoni, salami, whatever. Um, <laughs> she is married <laughs> to Italian transplant, the Italian stallion, Matteo Gavazzi. And, you know, basically just an overall tiny badass standing at a whopping five feet, zero inches. Um, today, we have wow. her arch nemesis also, Miss Heather Choi. Heather is a big law partner based out of the DMV area. And when she's not arguing with Ms. Shakira about everything, she spends her time avoiding hostage situations at bedtime with her five-year-old daughter <laughs> and two-year-old son and being rescued from said hostage situations by her husband, June Choi. Welcome to Hello Smart Mothers, Shakira, Heather. Thank you, ladies, so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank well, you, Nicole. It's great to be I here. I have manners, so I will say thank you. I can't speak for the other one. <laughs> Shots fired. Pew, I was, pew. <laughs> I was about to say thank you. They're they starting early, y'all. So we, ain't even, we ain't even got into the conversation. They already had it. I love it. That's why y'all are my favorite people. Um, so I don't know if you guys had the opportunity, but in episode seven, we talked with another hella smart mother who had made the transition from attorney to stay-at-home mom. Actually, she's in academia. She, she was a professor at a law school. And she made the transition from that to being a stay-at-home mom. And so I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, the other side of the coin of stay-at-home dads. So both of you guys are, you know, married to stay-at-home dads. You're both attorneys. We So just to back up a little bit, we all met in a lawyer mom group. So there's a lot of, you know, long hours, 
stressful jobs, high earners, that kind of thing. And they worked their, their, we've, not they, we've worked our butts off to get to the positions that we're in. And so for you guys, it made more sense for you guys to be the primary breadwinners and for your husbands to be the stay-at-home parents. But just to get there, how did you guys, you know, decide to be in that situation? How did you guys decide to be the primary breadwinners and your husbands to be the stay-at-home parent? And either one of you can chime in. Heather? Um, so, yeah, I'll go first. I can't say that it was really, you know, part of some master plan. Um, my husband is an academic, so we met when I was getting um, my law degree and he was getting his PhD. And we moved to DC together. He was finishing up his dissertation and I started at my firm. And we got married around the same time that he finished up and went on the job market. And it was also kind of the tail end of the recession. Um, he's in the social sciences, anthropology, which is already kind of a, a tough field um, for academics and tenure track positions. You have to be willing to relocate to just about anywhere, which we were, but also with, you know, states and universities cutting back on their budgets. There just, there wasn't a lot of opportunities and there was always going to be a big difference um, in our earning potential as long as I was in private practice. But in terms of him really, you know, being the, the primary parent, that was something that we almost fell into when we decided to start a family and he decided to take a position teaching exclusively online. So that made his schedule a lot more flexible and he was able to work from home. So that's kind of our story. And it's, it's worked out pretty well. I mean, my job, I work a lot of hours and I travel a lot. And honestly, it, our family wouldn't, wouldn't function if his situation wasn't what it is. So if, do you think if, if he had a position that required similar hours to your similar travel, like what, what would you guys be doing? Have you ever thought Crying. about that? <laughs> hey, man. I, I Rolling honestly, around on the floor in agony. I don't know because, so I grew up in Atlanta and my husband grew up in Wisconsin. His, he's an only child. So really? his mom. Yep. Wait, really? Wisconsin. Hold on a second. Really? Are, are we taking a detour? We can. Okay. <laughs> we can go anywhere we want. <laughs> Y'all are driving this up bus. in Wisconsin. Um, but his mom lives about 15 minutes away from us. And so she she helps out a lot. So with my youngest, he's two. And we just put him in preschool in February. But for the first two years of his life, um, my mother-in-law would come over three days a week and stay at the house with him. So my husband could do his teaching stuff. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, he was on his own with Joshua. And it was the same situation with my oldest, who's almost six. And I mean, you know, my mother-in-law, her being able to do that is a big help, but she is, you know, she's in her seventies. She has a harder time when there's both of them 
and she doesn't drive. So there's, you know, there's some limitations there and she's the only family that we have. So we don't really have a huge village. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, if both of us had a similar schedule or if he had... Well, you don't have a village because literally nobody likes you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. I am trying to share my truth. I mean, I'm sharing truth too. That was truth. (laughs) Listen, I love you both. Just because you hate each other doesn't mean that nobody likes the other. I love you both. Okay, but actually, I want a poll. Likes her. I want a poll. Look, I'm trying to be the mediator. The we can Is put a, a poll thing? in the episode. We can. How many people <laughs> hate Heather Choi? No, I think it should be no. Okay, actually, how many people? How many times hate can I Shikira Gavazzi? <laughs> I need you guys vote. <laughs> like at the end of the episode, it can be like, okay, mothers. Who is the biggest bitch? And it could be which one of the two of us. All right. All right, mothers and lovers. I'm going to need y'all to vote at the end of the episode. Who is the biggest bitch? Who you hate more? I'm not in the running because I'm just, you know, I'm the third neutral here. But between Choi and Tyra. That's amazing. Your votes are necessary. I think that's a great idea. I mean, like you know, I like it interactive. I love an interactive bunch, so I'm I'm here for it. But the real answer to your question is, we don't have a backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> All the shit falls apart. <laughs> if, uh, I mean, mass like Literally, the way our lives are set up, if you literally take one card out the deck, the shit will fall apart. Like all of us, all of Speaking us. Speaking of you falling apart. Nicole, I do mm-hmm. need to talk to you about the fact that I'm falling apart because I keep running into your husband every day, multiple times a day, and that's I really heard y'all, y'all got to have a chit chat today, so don't be fronting like you don't love her. Like I don't even know why you do all that. I'm the nemesis. Actually, like, Mark is low key the nemesis. <laughs> your heavy sure. breathing can go to hell. Okay. See, look, Char, now you got me on choice side, and I ain't even trying to do that. Like, I'm third party neutral, but now you got me defending, you know, I'm defending Bay. Huh. She said, go to hell, and she's supposed to be neutral. This is you know, her show. You know, y'all got me over coming all out of character. Y'all got me being a hella mean mother. I'm a hella smart mother. Like, come on. I understand. I'm sorry. I didn't you mean be, You be taking people there. That's five feet of uh, five foot zero. It's a whole lot. Why is it always about my height? Because you pack a lot of dynamite say, in that little Let's give punch. her a chance. Let's give her a chance to tell us what it's like in the dwarf house. <laughs> she, I mean, she the only dwarf, so, I mean, see, look, got me all out of character. <laughs> so, if we're going to vote who's the biggest bitch, my vote goes for Shikara right now. Shikara. <laughs> Tell me story. How y'all come to be where your little half pint ass over here working and stuff, and Mario taking care of the kids? How did that happen? Just well, tell your story. Well, Mario is the kid. I Mateo. mean, Mateo is Mario. Wah, wah. He's literally taking Let's care see. of nothing. Shakira has gotten me so out of character. I can't even like. <laughs> my God. Shakira, no. tell us about your family setup and how you guys roll. 
So as much as I really, really hate having to agree with Heather Choi, um, like it's the thing that I most hate. I hate most in life. Um, well, I actually have I'm right to say, so often. I actually have to say that it's a similar situation for us. We didn't make a conscious decision for um, Mateo to be the primary parent. It just sort of developed over time. I, I am not a big law partner, but I do work in a high stress, high demand in-house practice that where my schedule is very unpredictable. Um, I support the board and I support the GC. So I have very long nights. I worked until 1030 last night. Um, and that's not uncommon during, you know, um, board meeting times and when transactions are going on and things like that. So We had a situation where we had two babies and we had no family support here. My husband's family are all in Italy. Um, My family is all in Houston um, and not, and my parents, my mom still works. So she's not the kind of grandmother who can, you know, come visit and take care of kids for weeks at a time. So every dime we had was going to pay for childcare. I had two children in Um, expensive preschool at the same time. And then, you know, supplementing that with nannies while he was working at the time he was working and he was gone all the time. And I was in situations where I could not get away from work saying I have to leave and go home and pick up the kids. It's just not an option for what I do. So I think for a long time, we actually kind of resisted the idea that he was not going to work Um, He's a soccer coach by trade um, and, you know, also a a commercial driver. He's a, you know, he has a CDL, a commercial driver's license. So that's what he did. And so he worked for as long as he could, but his job would take him away from home for a long time. And then I would be working long hours. And so the stress of trying to maintain things with the kids and get to them and, and make sure that somebody was already there got to be too much. Um, And so ultimately, he just kind of slowed down with work. Um, It wasn't conscious, but we just it was it became a situation where I discouraged him from working, um, doing the jobs that he would normally do because we needed him to be available for the kids, particularly as they got older and started participating in sports and activities outside school. Um, My daughter swims three times a week. My son plays soccer three times a week. And I don't come home from work until seven, eight o'clock at night, sometimes on a good day. So something had to give or we were going to end up spending all of our money on nannies. And so we sort of fell into a rhythm where he was the one that was doing all of the running for the kids. He does all of the he picks up. um, He takes them to their activities. Um, He does all of those things. And it's invaluable. Like Choi, I have to admit, I don't know how our household would function without him being available for them because school lets out at three. (laughs) Right, right, right. Are you nice to him? Um, Occasionally. (laughs) Right. I mean, depends. Not always. I I mean, listen, it's it's still a marriage. It's still a marriage. So um, although I am appreciative, I'm not always at my best. Um, but I mean, I think that's, I mean, all I think of that's us part for the course, all of right? us, all of us, but so let's, let's, let's pivot just a little bit. Let's, 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 I want you to keep it real, real. Has this setup caused any 
conflict, resentment, that kind of thing that's, you know, palpable, palpable in your marriage? So if I'm being honest, I actually think us accepting this arrangement and and really becoming comfortable with it has lessened the conflict for us. Um, because I think for a long time we were we were just unwilling to accept that this is what it was. But once we got to a point where I think we both accepted that he was not going to be working full time and I was going to be the primary breadwinner and he was going to be the primary parent and we finally fell into that rhythm, it's worked pretty well for us. I think everybody is happier overall because we can stop pretending that there's any other situation that makes sense for us right now at this stage of our lives with our kids um, at the ages that they are. So in some ways for us, it was kind of, it took the weight off. It was a relief, but it did take us a while to get there. I would say it took us a good year and a half, two years of him um, trying to find himself and figuring out what his place in the world was before he realized actually his place in the world is being the one that's there for our kids and being the one that they can turn to at any time and everybody's happier for it so what about you Choi (laughs) I would say I would say it's kind of yes and no um some of it's external like the DC area is really big on hi nice to meet you what do you do Mm -hmm. and so I think that you know over time I think that can kind of wear on you particularly as a man to you know well what's the right answer do I mention you know this job that's really only part-time do I say I stay at home with the kids you know and what's the response going to be to that and our kids are also um really young and there's not as many sort of dad's groups the way they are there are like mom's groups Mm -hmm, that meet mm -hmm. up and take kids to the park and that kind of thing before you're really in the rhythm of you know like kids playing soccer and kids on swim teams when you're really just talking about little toddlers that only go to the playground. So I think it can also feel maybe even more isolating than being even a stay at home mom can be. Um, So that was kind of a bit of an issue, but then also sort of what Shakira was talking about in terms of just kind of accepting that this is where we are and this is what works and everyone is adding value to this team and everyone's kind of playing their position and that's how we're gonna win is is huge but there are you know I'll tell you, little things pop up here and there always I'll tell you when I knew we turned the corner was when I started coming home and he was sitting there folding the laundry I was <laughs> like shit we done made it like literally <laughs> He and it's weird because so I sometimes feel like I'm a spy in his world if I'm home during the day, Um, you know, because occasionally I'll work from home or, Mm -hmm. you know, I just won't go into the office. And I got a chance recently to really observe his routine. And truly, my mind was blown. I can't I was sitting there in the office working and, you know, he comes in, he goes and works out. and he does his workout and he's still, you know, just getting down from his workout. He cools off and then he goes into the kids room and he starts making their beds and picking up their towels and 
Okay, first of all, all those of kids are old things. enough to make their beds. Well, I know. And, 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 and I mean, I like, okay. in, but <laughs> and they do, but he, you know, he'll go behind them, right? I realize he goes behind them in the morning, like, you know, June uh, you Cleaver. thought they were over there like some like military yeah. precision bed makers, yeah. but it's really Mateo. <laughs> yeah, he just comes up to the house like June Cleaver and shit, right? <laughs> He's like tidying up their rooms, picking up their clothes, putting the laundry on, and then he goes, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, whoa, my kids are living some middle class suburban dream right now that I didn't even know about. I didn't know he was doing all of this, and I didn't know that this was his role and I saw him do it and I was like, okay, he's really embraced this. He's really embraced taking care of them, taking care of the house, taking care of us in a way that I have to admit that I I wasn't fully aware of. And I got to tell you, I don't do that. Like, I'm not going to the house. I feel you. (laughs) So, I mean, that's when I knew that we were, we were, I mean, I won't say that it's his dream and that, um, he doesn't have some moments when he, when I think he would, he wishes that he had found his calling and he is back in school now. Um, he wants to coach and teach in the school system. And for that, he needs to go back to school. So, I mean, but I think he's comfortable pursuing his ambitious now, ambitions now, but still also pretty comfortable with the role that he plays in our family as primary caretaker for our kids. And I'm, I'm, it's it I'm happy to see that he's happy and he's he seems to be fulfilled in that. What do you guys see kind of for future state? You know, all of our kids are they're pretty young right now. You've got nine year olds, Troy, you've got uh, almost six and a two year old. So our kids are younger. But when they get a little bit older, you know, into the middle school, don't want to be around the house and parents as much high school. They're driving. They're with their, their buddies, that kind of thing. What do you guys see? for the future state of your families in in that regard? Well, I mean, people, my friends who have older kids, they keep telling me they need you more the older that they get. You know, they they somehow manage to take up even more time, which I don't I don't completely understand, but okay, (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna accept that as truth from people who have been there. Um, but you know, at the same time, June has also been now that both kids are gone for the bulk of the day, he's definitely been trying to get back more into his own research and writing and that kind of stuff, which makes him happy because before he didn't have any time for anything that was just mm-hmm. his own personal, professional pursuits. It was just, I'm watching these kids, I'm taking care of the house, and then I'm doing this job, which isn't my dream at all. And so now he's got a little more freedom in his days for that. So hopefully as they get a bit older, there'll be time for that as well. But he also, um, just because he's an academic and he is really passionate about education, I can also see him sort of pouring all of that possibly overboard into the kids as well. (laughs) (laughs) Overboard? Never. <laughs> Two Harvard grad parents. I mean, I feel like that's inevitable. So, <laughs> but I, does does that make a difference? I mean, I'm going to ask a question because, you know, my husband, <clears throat> although very very smart, 
when he chooses to use his brain, which um, frankly, it's not always because he's a man and that's how they are. Um, yeah, I said that as notice. Um, but, but I was, what I was going to ask Choi was, I mean, do you think it made a difference that, you know, you and June were both like high achieving, you know, hard charging academics, you know, Mateo will candidly, if you ask him, will tell you that he was never into school and that was never his thing. So, you know, his, his path in life was to be a soccer player, a professional soccer player in Italy, but he messed up his knee when he was young. So, you know, it took him a longer time to, to find his path, but for you guys, for June, like he was always like you, he was a go-getter. He went to Harvard. Like, did you, do you feel like that made a difference in him being able to transition to this world? Yeah, I do. I think, you know, that sort of expectations definitely kind of played into it. And and for me too, I think we both at one point or another had sort of a vision, you know, this is, this is what it was going to be like, but that's just life, you know, right, plans, right, right. plans change. I was, I was going to be skinny and <laughs> that plan did not <laughs> work. But were you going to be, but were you going to be not a pain in the ass? Because <laughs> that's what I really want to know. <laughs> that was never part of the plan. No. Oh, okay. At least we know. <laughs> never, never. Let's be honest. Both of y'all, some pains in the ass. So I don't even know. So y'all, that's why y'all are like freaking magnets. Y'all are the same. Y'all are the same <laughs> side of the magnet that just like repels each other because y'all the same damn person. Like, why don't y'all just embrace it? Um, but... Tara sent someone to sock me <laughs> in the city. We 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 hiring hits now. Like literally, like <laughs> I forgot that's about that. Good. So that's not um, a denial. Elaborate. Take, take note. We're going to take a little detour here. <laughs> I mean, I just asked tip. nicely and she obliged. I just um, said, all I said was, will you sock Heather join the titty? She was like, sure. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, Heather Choi, <laughs> I think you have full reins for any and all retaliation. That's that's the book I live by. Denise Kirby, if you're listening. <laughs> we calling names. We naming names. Wow. The names have been called. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> you know amazing. what? Denise Kirby. <laughs> Let, I just want your listeners to know I don't actually hate Heather Choi. We know there's most days just, wait. I want to This is like girl it. crush status. Like that's what that is. It's like you like to push her in this in the in the sand and throw sand in her hair. Both of you. Well well I do I I would very much enjoy that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Since you mentioned it. <laughs> and just for the record, I do not believe that that is how people sh- children show each other that they like each other. Now, joke, still down for the cause. We don't push people. There's no domestic violence, even at the age of five. Not here for it. Okay, that's fair. But oh, meanwhile, back at the ranch, Nicole. I'm going to take y'all back to the detour of where we started, real quick. So this conversation has been beyond hilarious. Denise Kirby, I would like to speak with you offline. Anyway. <laughs> so in my <laughs> in my episode with 
fellow Lama TK Floyd, we talked about um, her kind of hesitation to spend money and like the process that she goes through before she spends, you know, family, quote unquote, family money on like any of the extras, like the manicures, the unneeded pairs of shoes, like that kind of thing. And there's no such thing. (laughs) Unneeded pairs of shoes. That's not a thing. In my mind, I agree with that. But you know, is there any is there any resentment on y'all's part when it comes to money? Like, do you are you ever like, what the hell did you just spend X hundred dollars on? Like, is there ever any that, or do you truly believe that community property, family money, however you want to call it, is just that for for the family to use as necessary? Wow, that's a tough one because I think that di- differs depend depending on what people's philosophy is about money in their <clears throat> in their marriage, right? Um, we we never went into this marriage with the viewpoint that there was my money and his money. Like mm-hmm. from day one, it's always been our money. Um, interestingly, even though I'm the one that has the quote unquote good job and I'm the primary breadwinner. Mateo is the one that actually comes from family money. Um, He's not rich by any stretch of the imagination, don't get me wrong. But compared to, you know, a black girl who was the product of a single parent family growing up in Houston, whose parents had nothing that, you know, nobody's got anything to leave. Right. Um, He's the one that came to the table with something to offer in terms of, you know, assets and things that we could hold on to long term so he's been he's always contributed um you know we met and first lived in london and he had a couple properties in london and you know he's always put into the pot sometimes in lump sums that i could not match in any any one time given my student loan debt um and everything else so to me it's never felt unbalanced for us and it's just not <clears throat> the philosophy that we have as a family about money. Um, I mean, we broke as hell, but I don't <laughs> think that would change if, you know, we both work. Um, I mean, that's just life. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know. We hood rich. We can, we can have a couple of nice things, but okay, right. I got it. I got it. I mean, but he's pretty, I mean, he's pretty, he's pretty good about money. And I've never felt, I've never felt resentful. Um, personally about our financial situation or looked at him like you can't spend that money because I make it. That's never been, that's never been how I viewed it. Do you think he ever feels that way? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think if he had his way, given the way that he grew up, um, you know, we wouldn't have debts. I mean, we wouldn't even have a mortgage if he had his way. <clears throat> so he's just got a different perspective on money in some ways than I do anyway. But no, I don't I don't think that, you know, hard feelings about money has ever really been our issue. Um, we certainly have our issues, but I don't think that was one of them. What do you think, Troy? Do you have any resentment about June spending money? And do you think that he feels any kind of way when he does? Um, so we have kind of a similar approach about, I think, money. We've never really thought about it in terms of mine and his. It's always then kind of this is our money. We don't have um, any separate accounts or anything like that. We we never have. That's just not the way 
um, we approach things. He is, by nature, a lot less into material things than I am. So I, I don't think that comes from the fact that I make most of the money. I think that's just how he is. So there'll be like plenty of times where I'm like, your socks have holes in them. You have to buy new ones. And he's like, these are fine. No, no, they are not fine. You need more socks. Um, (laughs) Will he buy his underwear from Walmart if you let him? Because this is the argument that I have. (laughs) I got him on um, that that Mack Weldon underwear a couple years ago. So now he has... What are these expensive ass draws? Are Hanes not good enough for you people? I'm so confused. Anything that he has that is elevated, it is because I got it for him, <laughs> and now, now he's on that train. The things that he will spend a lot of money on, and so sometimes I'll be like, do we really need to do that, is he he will spend a lot of money on stuff that's for the kids. Yes, um, same here. But yeah. even then, when we have like conversations about, uh, do we really need to spend all that money, it's not coming from a place of, because it's mine, it's mm-hmm. more from a, that costs too much. Or every once in a while, I'll be like, I can't believe you spent that much money on some, it's always some random thing. Like a few years ago, he needed a new desk lamp and he did all this research mm-hmm. and he bought, I don't even know how much it cost. It was something stupid. It was like a $150 desk lamp. And I was like, for why? <laughs> okay, that's again, when you got a target. <laughs> Like that's you get your draws from Walmart, but you put your lamps from Restoration Hardware. Like, that's deep. <laughs> but it wasn't even that it was designer. I don't know. He did all this research, and you know I love the man. So, but it's it's just once in a blue moon he'll do something like that. But I can't really. I felt like I'm mad. I'm just like WTF. Like yes. Yeah. <laughs> like what does this lamp do? <laughs> It lights the world, Troy. It lights the world. It is, I have to say, Troy is right though about like when Mateo spends money, it's on the kids. I'm like, yep. Christmas is a wrap in this joint. <laughs> it's no matter how many times we have the we're not gonna do this this year discussion. Something about the holidays. Well, I, actually, there's two things: Christmas and groceries. The man is obsessed with expensive. Bounty of food. Like, there's more food in my house than should be acceptable by anybody's reasonable standards. Um, and and holidays and and splurging for the kids. Like Christmas time comes, he's like, he's 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 like a character in a Christmas movie. Like he can't <laughs> help. He can't go to H E B without coming home with a whole bunch of little toys and things that you can buy in the grocery store even for the kids. So, you know, he doesn't have a um you know, he doesn't have a desire to have things for himself really, um, other than Jordans. He does like Jordans. Um, but other than that, it's the only things that excite him typically are things that are for the kids. And it's it's kinda hard to fault that. I was going to say, how selfless. That is incredible. That's incredible. Um, so, you know, obviously, our society is founded on capitalism. And a lot of times, the world frowns on, you know, non-capitalistic endeavors for both men and women. But, you know, there's especially a societal, what's the word? Stigma. 
stigma, that's good, stigma in terms of stay-at-home dads? What would you say to people who look at that as like a less noble you know, endeavor. And I feel like you guys have kind of spoken to that a little bit, but like specifically, what would you tell people who are like, stay at home, dad, what kind of, what kind of shit is that? Like, who does that? Like, what would you say to people like that? I think this has been a a real eye-opening experience for me personally. Um, I've always been really driven professionally and so ambitious and I probably had a little bit of a a blind spot when it came to stay-at-home moms, even let alone stay-at-home dads. I didn't really understand why um, that would be anybody's choice because it wasn't one that never really occurred to me. Mm -hmm. But I will say that what my children have in having their dad be there to pick them up from school, like he's literally the first parent in the building to pick his kids up from school every day. Um, he does homework with them every day for hours to the point where he's ready to rip his hair out. Um, (laughs) but he does it, you know, he takes them to all their practices. He takes them to their tutoring, the gift that they have. And it's particularly for me as somebody who grew up without a father in the house, um, what they have, the privilege and the gift that they have in having a parent that is there for them. 100% full-time whose number one priority is them has just been amazing. It's been a marvel to me to see it. Um, And it's, you know, it's changed my personal perspective on, on why parents would choose this path. Again, it wasn't one that I could ever have imagined for myself, but I see how much it means to my kids. I see the bond that they have with their dad. Um, They like that dude way more than they like me. Um, (laughs) I mean, that was going to happen regardless. Shut up, Troy. Uh, <laughs> like, you led her straight to that one. I know. He but, could be and, an astronaut, like, <laughs> on the moon for two years, and that was going to happen. <laughs> this is why nobody likes you. But, but, but really. Damn, it sounds like nobody likes you, including your kids. <laughs> I mean, my kids like me, but my kids like me. Look, we have a tight-knit family, but I'm going to be honest. I don't ever want to test the theory about which one of us they <laughs> would they choose. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I don't want to test that theory. I feel like all. in my house, it'd be a 50-50 split. A1 would choose the A1 split. Hands down without question. I, I'm not at all sure that they would choose me because he is definitely the one that makes the best pasta. So I might be shit out of luck. Um, so yeah, Shoot, so. I choose him on that alone, but you know. <laughs> so yeah, so there's that. I, I do think it's been an eye-opening um, life experience for me personally. What about you, Troy? What would you say to people who, who feel that, you know, being a stay-at-home parent is less noble than what you do, what I do? I mean, like, other than mind your business? Amen. <laughs> In that order, number one. <laughs> good, good start. I mean, that would be number. That would be number one. But also, especially kind of the older um, my daughter gets, in particular, it makes me kind of proud. I guess that we are having this kind of non-traditional arrangement that she's getting to see something a little bit different. And that that is her normal, that it's my mm-hmm. husband who does 90% of the pickups and the drop-offs. And she sees me 
going into the office or traveling, which is by no means easy all the time, particularly the travel. Um, the older she gets, the more she misses me. But, you know, like she comes into my office from time to time and she loves it and she thinks it's it's so exciting. And it's uh-huh. just I, I just think it's a I think it's kind of a new model. And I think it's it's a good one. And I hope that it's something that, you know, as my son gets older, too, it will change maybe the way he thinks about what fatherhood could look like if he decides to be a father. Not that he has to be a stay-at-home dad, but just kind of the level of engagement that he's being able to see in Absolutely. his yeah. own father. I think I think it's nothing but a positive. I agree with that. So what are... I would say, what are the top three tips that you would give to families, you know, that are in your situation so that they can be as successful as you you guys have been at it? And I think I would say one of the things that I've kind of heard is basically to accept that this is the best thing for your family. Like, that's what it sounds like both of you guys have, you know, ultimately said is that. This situation, because of what you guys do, is is just flat out the best situation for your family. It's it's what works. Otherwise, you guys would both be spending, you know, a salary probably on nannies. So what, you know, what are, I guess, two tips, <laughs> two more tips that you guys would have for um, individuals who are who are in your situation to be successful? And you Go can each it, take Troy. one. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it, Troy. Um. I guess I would say this isn't a neat little tip, but also it's just kind of expand your mind as to what it, it looks like. I think a lot of times the hangups that people mm-hmm. might have or the why, why people might kind of give it a sideways look is because mm-hmm. they assume it's just some sort of complete gender stereotype role reversal. And that's not how it is. You know, we both bathe the kids we both do bedtime and read stories. We both do laundry. He just does more than I do. You know, I'm still the one that if a cake needs to be baked, he's not going to do that. I'm going to do that. You know, right. it's not as though I come home and smoke a cigar and drink a scotch. <laughs> no, madman. <laughs> while he makes a meatloaf. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> Uh, I thought y'all looked like madman. He had a martini <laughs> waiting for you with like an apron on at the door. That's trash. That I don't be, want it. That would be fantastic. No, <laughs> but you know, I just I, there's a lot of different ways of doing things, and this is just one of them. And you can make it however you want it to be. And so stuff just didn't have to fit in a box. I. <clears throat> I agree with that. Um, I I definitely don't have a Betty Draper when I come home, although I'm not. Uh, it would be fun um, if he was playing the Betty Draper role. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It would not. It would be terrible. But um, I think that the the best tip I have is for people to be honest about who they are. Um, you know, you ha- this this is not something that's going to work for everybody. Right. If you have preconceived notions about how much money your man is supposed to be making and how he's supposed to be out there grinding it out and what you're supposed to be doing, um, this this really is not it's this is not going to be um, something that works for your family. I think 
you have to be realistic about the personalities involved, the, you know, what motivates everybody, how everybody feels, and you have to communicate a lot because, you know, things change from day to day. It's, it's, I think whether you're a man or a woman, it's hard to be the, the parent that's at home while your spouse is out there killing the game, um, you know, traveling like Troy, you know, being a high-flying big law attorney or, you know, going to board meetings and, you know, shaking hands with C-suite executives and being... I'm not complimenting you. Shut up. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's hard. Hater Choi strikes again. (laughs) Hater Choi, indeed. Um, It's hard to be the person that's sitting at home while you're, you know, while your other half is out there doing all that stuff and you're, you know, you're sitting at home. Um, you know, helping the kids with homework. So I think you have to check in a lot and have a whole lot of conversations about where um, each person is on any given day, because it's not the same from day to day. You know, um, depression is real. Mental health is important. Um, you know, making sure that everybody is feeling good from day to day is 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 really, I think, Amen. the most valuable. And that's the most across valuable the board. Thing you can do. <laughs> right. Yes. So. Those are some really good tips, y'all. Like, I really appreciate that. I think uh, the listeners can also appreciate that. I know, you know, in our group, in our in our Lama group, that this is actually a pretty common situation. And I'll have to admit that prior to, you know, being in y'all's world and and in the in the quote unquote Lama world, like that was a bit of a foreign concept to me. And I always was kind of like, man, that must be crazy, like to have your husband stay home because all I've ever known is men working. And that's just because I, I a, don't have that much family and we didn't have, you know, I didn't have that many views of marriage to look at, period. Um, and in those that I, you know, did see and in mine included, you know, both of us work. And so I think this is a really good peek into y'all's setup and how many people, you know, that are in your positions, high, high earning, high stressful, like we said in the beginning, positions. She's high positions. earning. I'm not high earning. <sighs> you are high earning for the average American. Shut your face right now. Okay, I just, but I just wanted to be clear. <laughs> and yes, Heather Choi is the baller <laughs> of the three of us. Hands that was down. stupid. But you know, I don't think people, I don't think women talk about it that much because I think I don't know maybe there's just some kind of even even more stigma to and let's be real, not you know, being the with black your and, kids or something black and brown communities too like this is not necessarily something that you know yeah women are often the breadwinners but that's because they're often single moms there's no choice yeah yeah and so you know this is definitely a different perspective that I don't think a ton of people see and have a good understanding of kind of how it works and I think you guys did put do a good job in terms of educating our listeners of like the perspective that you guys have and how this is hugely beneficial for your family and ultimately ultimately your family wouldn't function as it does without this so I think that's hugely hugely important a hugely important you know perspective and lesson to hear and learn um, so let's move on to the next portion of Hello Smart Mothers, and it is the Ask the Mothers. So we uh, sent out some little birdies on Instagram and Facebook to uh, get some questions for you guys, and 
I think this one is completely on point. And it is, do you think that balance can be achieved or is it a myth? So kind of the whole, you know, lean in, you can have it all, you can have the career, you can have the family, you can have the successful marriage, you can have, you know, happiness, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Do you think that that is real or do you think that that's just a myth? Oh, wow. You want to take this one, I think it's real. Yeah, I think it's real. I just think the mistake that people make, and I'm people, is (laughs) trying to look in too short of a term. Like, balance is possible. It's not possible every day. It's probably not even possible every week. You just, you got to take a longer view. You know, like, I, I work a lot. But I do think that if you look over a period of weeks, do I spend a lot of meaningful time with my family? Yeah, I actually think I do. You know, I think, you know, I help I help my daughter with the little workbooks we've been trying to do with her during the summer. I go to my kids' soccer things that are on Saturday mornings. When Anna was taking swim lessons, I went with her to that. I do go to the occasional drop-off in the mornings when I know I'm going out of town that afternoon. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm there for things. If there's a class party, most of the time I can make it, even though I also routinely work after I get home until pretty late at night, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not, you know... Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday might be all work. But maybe on Friday, I actually can leave at 1 o'clock or, or whatever. Now, do I exercise? No, but that's because I don't want to. Not because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually, God, I hate agreeing with her. Um, I, I do kind of have to agree with um, Hater Choi on this one. I think that. I mean, I think balance depends on how you define it, right? Um, same thing. I I work really long hours at some some sometimes when things are ramping up, but you know I have a pretty, pretty flexible schedule. And if I don't want to get in work into work before nine o'clock and there's no meetings on the calendar, then I don't go to work before nine o'clock. Um, and I do drop my kids off for school in the morning, um, and I do spend God for taken endless days at swim meets um and (laughs) soccer matches and all of those things um but you know I think that you I think where people go wrong is like Heather said thinking that this you can have balance every day um I make I also make a lot of sacrifices and I miss a lot of sleep and I field calls in the middle of the night when things are going on so you know I have to um you know, I have to deal with that reality, but that's my choice, right? Because this is the life that I've chosen for myself and I'm, you know, I'm hard charging and ambitious like that when it comes to work. So that's the price you have to pay. Plenty of people have perfectly good jobs and they're not, you know, as busy or, you know, as buried as Choi is or I am, but that's the choice Plenty that we make. Plenty of people is me. Yes, me. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, you know, it's a choice. Um, and 
I, I appreciate, I enjoy, I enjoy that aspect of myself, but I do enjoy just vegging out in my house with my kids and my family. So, you know, balance, balance is a marathon. It's not a, it's not a sprint and you just gotta, you gotta take each day as it comes. And to that, I would also say that like, I feel like balance is misused. I feel like balance is often thought about as like equality, like equal, like all of your time will be divided equally amongst like your priorities and responsibilities. And I think that's a crock of crap. And I think that's where people often get like disgruntled and like, what the hell? You said I could have it all, but I don't have it all. And I think that like we have to, like you said, A, it's a marathon. So like, no, you're not going to have every single thing that you want every day, every week, every month, every year, you know, whatever, like everything's kind of fluid. And that we have to be able to to kind of roll with that fluidity. Like like you said, one week, you might have a super light week. You can pick up from school that day. You can go to the soccer games. You can go to the swim meets. You can make help make the tiramisu, like whatever. Dude, do you remember when I almost cut all those people at the school when they told me I couldn't go to the Mother's Day lunch? Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was about to bring the whole building down so because they told me I could go to the I was like, Which was just like turkey sandwiches. Yeah, but Jason's deli. Not, right. no, I'm just saying, not something that it took no. weeks to prepare. Damn, but damn them. I was going to be at that Mother's Day lunch for my babies, sweating yes. in that sun, yes. 105 degrees, eating some. Rank so, ass, cheap ass sandwich. <laughs> no, but no, for real, for real, like that is like that is what you do. That's what we do. Like you may not be able, you know, we're not June Cleaver or <laughs> whatever. We may not have the apron on with martinis and hot dinners and doting on our kids and husbands and working like, cause it's not possible. Like that lifestyle is not possible. Like you cannot be June Cleaver and Olivia Pope. Like that's just not how this works. Or you either know? hater ass Choi. Or hater ass Choi. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you do what you got to do and you make sure that what you prioritize that those boxes are checked. And I think that that is truly what entails balance. And again, balance looks different for everybody. You know, I choose to not work crazy hours and travel and et cetera, et cetera. But does that come at a cost? Hell yeah. In my paycheck, <laughs> in my in my title, et cetera, et cetera. But like, that is literally what I chose because I feel like that's what's best for us right now. So I do. I, I agree with you guys. I think that balance is attainable. I think that anyone can, quote unquote, have it all. But I do think that you have to be realistic that it's not going to be all all the time of this show. Ladies, I want to thank you both so much. You know, I uh, have been hounding you guys to do this episode with me for months. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Months, because months. not only is this a topic that I think is relevant and something that is a good discussion, but also because I love y'all and y'all are fun and funny. And I think the listeners are going to love you guys just as much. So thank you, ladies, so much. And uh, got to figure out another reason for you guys to come back again. And hopefully it won't take months.
Well, thank schedule. you. Thank you for having us, Nicole. I had a good Let's time. Let's see how the reviews it. are in this episode. <laughs> All I right. Commit. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. We got to have some good reviews so we can bring Hater Troy and Half Pint back because I don't know about y'all, but I personally had a blast. Well, thank you, Nicole. You and congratulations on what you're doing. I think it's pretty remarkable. And we're very proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, you made it sound like you don't like to work hard, but this is a lot of work. It is. I I like to work hard on what I like to work hard on. The other stuff is, you know, so pays the bills. Maybe one day this too will pay the bills. So let's see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. But thank you, ladies. Thank you. Good night. Good night, night, everybody. So today I'm going to introduce a new segment that we're bringing to Hella Smart Mothers called Hella Boss Mothers. And for our inaugural Hella Boss Mother, I bring Ivy Soul. Ivy is a wife and mom of two. She has a three-year-old son and unfortunately recently lost her nine-month-old daughter last December. Ivy is an exercise physiologist for a cardiac rehab program and also a doula. Following the tragic loss of her daughter, she created Unmatched to inspire others to make today better than yesterday. Follow Ivy on Instagram at unmatched underscore every day. That's unmatched underscore every day to join her series on unlearning bad habits and generational curses, as well as participating in her community events, such as providing care packages to the homeless. Thank you so much for being a hell of awesome of Ivy. Everybody, please go follow her at unmatched underscore every day on Instagram. Hey y'all, man, wasn't that a fun-ass episode? I had fun, so if y'all didn't have fun, whatever, I had fun. (laughs) Um, But, you know, thank y'all so much for coming back and rocking with me for season two. I'm so excited to be back with you guys. I missed you for a real. Um, But uh, like I said in the season one finale, you know, while I still want to, you know, cover serious topics and have those serious conversations. I definitely wanted to lighten the mood and I hope it showed in this episode and, you know, that it continues. So uh, let's move on to our gold star and our timeout. So for today, uh, my gold star is going to go to doing what's best for you and your situation, regardless of what society, you know, or the people around you have to say about it. And I definitely think that Shakira and uh, Heather kind of touched on that a little bit when they uh, discussed, you know, their family dynamic and how their husbands stay home. And their husbands definitely definitely done that. They've taken on the role of doing what's best for their family, regardless of what society says about, you know, stay at home parents or especially stay at home dads. And I think that's dope as hell. So, you know, do you, man. Do what is ever best for you and what's best for your family and don't care about what anybody else is saying. They're not living your life. They're not paying your bills. Don't worry about it. Um, my timeout is not rooting for others because you feel that there aren't enough seats at the table. And this is a personal pet peeve of mine. I know some people you know, want to hold their card so close to the vest because I think if they give you any information or tips or whatever, that somehow you're going to like take whatever they're doing. And I think that sucks. You know, there's plenty of room at the table. And when the room runs out, 
let's build a new table. You know, there's no need for us to not collaborate and work together. Two heads are better than one. Three heads are better than two. You know, let's bounce ideas off of each other. Let's root for each other. Let's cheer for each other. If you're doing, um, you know, a blog and I'm doing a podcast, let's figure out how we can work together. Like, we don't have to be competing against each other. I think that it's, you know, divide and conquer and we'll never be able to succeed. So that is my time out for the day. Um, Let's root for each other. Let's all win. So thank you, marvelous, lovers. Thank you so much for, you know, rocking with me for another episode. I cannot wait to uh, chat with you guys again. We want to be that virtual mom squad that you never knew you needed. Oh, and next week we will be back. Uh, I'm going to be introducing some shorts called Confessions of a Hella Smart Mother. Sometimes it'll be by myself. Sometimes it'll be with other people, but it'll just be short episodes. Give you guys a little bite of what some Hella Smart Mothers are thinking um so thanks so much again and i'll talk to you soon have a great day y'all show editor and sound engineer for hella smart mothers is ray smith of speakerbox media hella smart mothers was researched and produced by nicole delahuse and the show advisor is natasha lafere hey guys don't forget to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode